0: you are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices.
1: Loyalty's my favorite characteristic of God, but finding it in him and it's hard. It's like trying to find God. You're the only
2: one in your camp with cheese. You
0: pay for everything they eat. Man, that insecurity is deep nice. It, no names,
1: these are just theories if you hear me, baby. It's home, you must admit it's kind of baby. Like Kim Tres in the sky. Grand rising, everyone. Welcome to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. I want to welcome you to a fantastic Friday today. I am so elated to have y'all with us, and I'm also excited because we have some dynamic guests in the show today, and I'm so grateful for both of them. We got Eric. Pierre, He is coming up first in the show to tell us all about his book. And I'm excited to dive in about his journey, his story, his expertise, and why he decided to write the book. And also, oh, our art queen, T-Dub, is back in the building, y'all. You know, it's been a minute since I've been able to catch up with my good sis. We get to dive into this new campaign for the Resol 206. So I'm so grateful to have both of them with me today. But of course, y'all, it's the time top of the show. So it's a great time to tag and share the stream. That's right. Go ahead and tag and share the stream with folks you feel could benefit from a daily dose of dopeness right here on The Day with Trey. If you can't watch us, you can always listen to us anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Just search Converge Media Network and The Day with Trey. Y'all will find me on Google, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, you name it, whichever one is your favorite. Search for us and y'all will find us there. Well, I'm excited because this is a dynamic episode that I get to end the week with. And Errol is joining us virtually. Hi, Errol. How are you this morning? I am good. I'm
2: good. How are you? Great to see you. Doing
1: great. Doing great. Thank you so much for joining and making it work with your schedule. Uh, We need to dive into, you know, before we start talking about your book, let's dive into your history, your journey. Uh, What got you kind of started on this track to become uh, the expert in DEI that you are now?
2: Sure. Actually, uh, I stumbled upon it just by being a leader in corporate America and being one of the very few black people that I found uh, in corporate America. So I had to lean in on DE&I because I usually was the only person in the room that was a person of color. And so it it forced me to lean in, even though I had my day job, DE&I became my day job because I was a, a black person in corporate America.
1: Yeah. I think for so many, you know, it it makes sense for those with the global majority to be leading these efforts because you get to bring your lived experience into the approach that you take with uh, allowing corporate sectors and industries to kind of come up to speed with the best way to do business to ensure that everyone is included. How do you bring your lived experience to the work?
2: Absolutely. So uh, one thing that I'm really big on is identity defining moments, I call them IDMs. And these are moments in your life when you realize and you find out that you are a minority or that you find out you're underrepresented, or you find out that there's stigma and bias because of the way you look and it's outside of your control. And those are the moments that you have to harness because I I promise you someone else experienced the same thing. And what we're trying to do is build systems and processes inside of a corporation that acknowledge those things and try to fix it. Uh, bias, everyone has bias. So it's, it's not that we're gonna eradicate bias. We have to build processes and systems to reduce and mitigate the bias and to call it out when we see it. And if we can call it out when we see it, then at least we can make changes. But if we sweep it under the rug, we pretend it's not there, we don't allow people to be the, their authentic self, and that's when these things sort of exacerbate and kind of fester.
1: Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense, and and also too, I think. Uh, when you experience bias, you have a different perspective, right, Uh, that you get to bring to that work. And oftentimes it means that you have to draw from personal experience in order for you to be able to really pour into the work when it comes to DEI. And we saw it explode, Errol, right? I mean, we saw a lot of firms hop on the DEI train because corporate spaces and entities were paying buku bucks to try to get themselves in alignment. Yeah. Uh, particularly after George Floyd, it just really expanded. And I remember when I first uh got into the space. It was only uh, diversity and inclusion. It was DI, and then they ended up opening the branding up to include equity. But that oftentimes means that you know a lot of folks are still kind of catching up. But it was a bit trendy. How do you deal with the fact that it's necessary amongst the kind of space where it's like, oh, this is a hot trend. I need to hop on it now. How can you make sure that it's sustainable in the companies that you help to uh, bring DEI to their space?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. So uh, the first thing is you have to guard against it being performative. Many companies did want to jump on the bandwagon, and that's exactly what it was. So they made proclamations, but they didn't actually do the work. They just made proclamations. And so it might sound good on a headline or a soundbite, but the employees actually at the company were still suffering. And so you have to always guard against performative diversity, equity, inclusion, and now belonging uh, work. And, and by performative meaning, you're saying one thing, but you're doing another. Your actions have to match your words. One way to do that is by actually having metrics that define success. So DEI doesn't have to be this elusive, uh, amorphous thing. It can actually have metrics and things that you measure. And so, for example, I always uh, advocate for companies to have diversity, equity, and inclusion metrics around their executive compensation. The CEO, the people that report to the CEO should be paid based on how well they're doing. And you can do that through surveys, survey your employee population. Even if the results are bad, at least you have a baseline. And then you work from there to say, okay, this is where we are, now how do we improve? And then you get bonuses based on the improvement of those metrics. Another thing is um, looking at diversity at the higher ranks of the corporation. There should be metrics that say, okay, Maybe only 20 percent of our vice presidents are women, but we are going to get to 25, 30 percent over the next three years. Put that down on paper and rally around it. And that's going to change. That's actually where where you get the change from. Uh, Leaders love metrics. And once you tell them what's what's the expectation, people usually follow.
1: Yeah, this is important. And I think that that there's so much embedded in this work, uh, particularly uh, being able to also identify uh, the ways that implicit bias shows up uh, in certain practices in any type of institution. Right. And so I'm learning so much more about this because it is growing. And I love uh, to hear you say to also include belonging. And, you know, John Powell from the Othering and Belonging Institute made a really strong statement about how inclusion means that I'm having a party. I love vegan food and, you know, I love black and gold and R&B and hip hop. So if you come to my party, I'm including you in my party. But belonging means that we get to co-create, right? We get to create the party. Everyone has what they need to feel as though they belong. And it's very different, right? When you think about just the shift in mindset that belonging brings to this work, how do you see belonging as a, a major value to the work that you're doing.
2: Yeah, exactly the point that you're speaking to, which is you need to have uh, uh, the ability for people to have a mouthpiece to talk, right? So I always say diversity means uh, you have different people from different types of places get into a room. As you said, inclusion means you invited them in. Equity means we're making sure equal pay for equal work. And then belonging is I can actually be my authentic self. If people are still Code switching, still feeling that they can't say certain things because that's, they're, they're going to be frowned upon, still nervous about, you, you know, wearing their natural hair. You know, in, in certain states, you're seeing the Crown Act being passed. If there's still nervousness and concerns about these things, you'll never belong and our employees will never be the highest form of themselves if they're only bringing 20, 30, 40, 50% of themselves to the workplace. You want them to bring 100% of themselves, so they have to feel like they belong. And again, the best way to do that is make sure that folks have mouthpieces. Um, ERGs are one way to do that. They just have to really be, um, they just can't be there for the sake of being there. There has to be, from the top down, a big focus to listen, and then actually make changes based on what we're listening to. I'll, I'll just say that the worst thing that can happen is you ask for feedback and then you do not act on the feedback because then you might as well have never asked in the first place. That'll destroy morale. So it's really about listening and then acting.
1: Yeah. And that's what's going to really, I think, build trust between, uh, you know, employees and leaders. I mean, that's really where you're at in terms of acting upon what you hear. When you say ERGs, you're referring to employee resource groups, correct?
2: Correct. Yes. Thank you. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I just, uh, I I really appreciate that you have a a plethora of experience you're bringing. Tell us why you decided to write the book and, and why you wanted it to be out there for the public to really understand some of the things that you're talking about today.
2: Sure, sure. So the book is called The Way Up, Climbing the Corporate Mountain as a Professional of Color. I was very intentional about the title. I didn't say corporate ladder, I said corporate mountain. And I believe that underrepresented employees like Black employees, like brown employees, like women uh, that, under, that are underrepresented, it is not a ladder. And it's, it's a misnomer to tell people it's a ladder because then they enter the workforce thinking there's only one way to go up and the rungs of the ladder are equal distance from each other. But that is not the case. It was more like climbing a mountain, meaning it's difficult. You have to be trained. You have to bring equipment. It's a long, arduous road. Uh, sometimes you have to double back. Sometimes you have to make lateral movements. It's not always going to be a happy trail up the mountain. And so I wanted to start with, this is a mountain climb. You really have to be ready before you even think about it, especially in corporate America, because of the things that are happening. And then the the other piece of the book is, um, it's 15 chapters with 15 lessons, and it's grounded in research. And I did that because I didn't want someone to read the book and say, oh, that's just Errol's anecdotal story. That's just one man's story. It's like, no, no, no. Uh, My stories are are basically matching what the data shows. So when I experienced bias, when I experienced hurdles, when I experienced microaggressions, everything that I was saying was matching the data that I had. Uh, And then the last piece is I interviewed 11 executives of color. Some are amazing people like um, Robert Childs is the head of DE&I at American Express, which is, you know, Fortune 50 company. Uh, Toyin Ajayi, she's the uh, founder and CEO of a startup that's worth $5 billion. Uh, African woman, uh, she's in the book. So I, I wanted to interview a lot of other executives of color to ask for their tips, their thoughts, their recommendations on how to make the workplace more equitable. And so their findings are in the book as well. And and the need of it was I didn't want this moment to pass us by. After COVID seeing disproportionately black people get uh, sick from this disease and this virus. And then, like you said, after George Floyd, people wanted to do something. They just didn't know what to do. And I thought it was the perfect time for this book to come out so that people can actually have a tangible process of what to do to try to move up in corporate America.
1: Well, you know, I appreciate the fact that you, uh, you know, make it a mountain and bring that kind of idea uh, to the space. I also think when I think about mountain climbing that, you know, it's customizable, you know, the same steps that one may take to get to a top of the mountain may not be the same steps that I would take. Right. And so the ideas I think about uh, when you said that, I immediately thought about a rock climbing wall and how there's a bunch of different ways to like get to the top and you get to figure out. Okay, which one, which which, you know, uh, part am I going to put my foot on now, and where am I going to put my hand now? Like the idea that it's not just these very specific steps to get there. I think that customizable approach is actually what people experience more often than not, uh, particularly in, in corporate space. But I would also say that it's the same for almost any space, right? Even if you're working in community. there's a certain way that you kind of get yourself from one place or one position to another. If you're working in politics, it's similar. You know, there are ways that some people take a whole leap between, you know, one, uh, political career in another, or one political, um, you know, accolade or title than yeah. another. And so it's interesting to hear it as a, a mountain. So thank you for bringing that in. And I definitely appreciate the fact that it's research-based. I think we end up with a lot of works of art and works that are trying to get people to understand certain things, but it's a very anecdotal. It's very personal. It's based on what they've experienced, which is great as well. But oftentimes, you know, it's better to have a a stronger foundation. So folks understand, like, not only is this uh, specific to my instance, but you start to see a pattern of behavior when you start to bring in more voices. Uh, Of course, Errol, i got to give you time. How can folks connect with you? Get the book. You know, if if you're out here doing public speaking, how do they connect to Errol Peer? Yeah. yeah,
2: absolutely. So uh fi- best way is to find me on my website, errolpierre.com, E-R-R-O-L-P-I-E-R-R-E.com. And on social media um, everywhere, Errol L Pierre, Errol, e-r-r-o-l-l-p-i-e-r-r-e on all social media. I would love to talk with anyone, talk about good ideas. And the book is available anywhere you, you buy books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much, Errol, for the work, your body of work and for bringing your experience uh, to to corporate spaces all over uh, America. We appreciate the work you're doing and thank you for joining me today on The Day with Trey.
2: Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. Oh, I told y'all we're going to get started off to a great start and you already know anytime that T-Dub is in the building, it's definitely going to continue right after this short break. I get to talk to her about this amazing new campaign for the Resold 206. Stay tuned. You're watching The David Tray. Trey. Hey, Portland. Basil Gordon here from
0: Converge Media and your very own Jammin 1075 inviting you all to tap in next week as we uplift Black businesses across the Rose City. We check in with Stacking Kicks, Black Mannequin, Yeah That Clothing, Mr. Chuck's Auto Detail, and more. It is the Rose City Black Business Uplift next Monday through Friday all across Converge Media platforms.
1: up everybody you know me and Vesa my girl we had to pull up to market street shoes
0: once again y'all and you know we do this every season we have to get the new shoes the new boots and this time i even got a coat yeah no you did walk in without a coat I really i'm did. glad you found one
1: but <laughs> their boots were on point yes the boots the bags i even grabbed a flannel yeah you did you know and i was able to get some hats and everything i was really impressed
0: and you know, I was impressed because, of course, I got those white boots that you guys see me wearing everywhere these days.
1: Yeah, no, I, I look at your white boots and I'm like, "Darn it, they only have one pair." Me and Basa wear the same size, of course. Every time we walk out with several bags in
0: hand, several bags, and sometimes even a backpack. You guys, make sure you check out Market Street Shoes. Yeah, please check them out. Where they go, Basa? Ooh, two two three two Northwest Market Street, Seattle, Washington.
1: Oh, sorry. <laughs> welcome back, everyone, to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Look, me and T-Dub already getting already. into it. Sorry, Cuddy, thank you. Uh, yeah, I was looking at the, the countdown, but it wasn't uh, registering. Uh, welcome back, everyone. Of course, I'm excited because I get to top it up, chop it up with my girl, T-Dub. What up, T-Dub? What going on, Trey Look, Holiday? We're Happy already Friday. into it. Yes, know. you know how we do. Uh, <laughs> oh, It's back to a feel-good Friday when you're yeah, in the building, my friend. I'm excited. <laughs> oh, well, you know, you have been out there pounding the pavement before the store is even open. You've been making sure folks understand what the
3: Resol 206 is all about. Yes. For the audience, let's just bring them up to speed. What's up with Resol 206? Absolutely. So for those of you who do not know, I am t Customs and I am the owner of the Resolve 206. And what the Resolve 206 will be is a number of things, but essentially what it is, is that it's going to be Seattle's first dry cleaner for sneakers. So what we're bringing is we're bringing cleaning, restoring and customizing services in a state-of-the-art facility to Seattle Central District. So this is huge. No, it no it's so huge yeah.
1: <laughs> like i was just talking to my brother about you and yeah. and and every time i mentioned the resole 206 everyone's like what yeah are you serious because sneakers are really a part of the culture They're and huge, yeah. you got some custom ones on right yeah, now and it's yeah. clear that you know a lot of folks now are starting to want to be more and more unique exactly. are you seeing that trend kind of rise as people are like man i don't want to get rid of my stuff like we right. back in the day we just used to like oh it's Down. oh i've had that for you years. I'm not doing nothing with it. But now a lot of folks are like, nah, man, let me restore these. Let Mm -hmm. me get them cleaned up. Let me get them customized. Are you seeing that trend grow?
3: Absolutely. And it's really been beautiful, especially, you know, as of late to see so many people participating in the custom world, you know, for a lot of years, it was very niche. It was just, you know, the people who did the work and the people who enjoyed the work. And it was a very, you know, small community. And I feel like social media has played a big role in us being able to see each other and see how big this community actually is of customizers. I myself have been doing it for well over 20 years. I started in high school as just a hobby, you know, painting clothes and, and shirts and stuff for the homies for like purple and white and dances and things like that. And you know, I have like a nice little chunk of money in my pocket. I was like, hey, I might be able to do something with this. And just really just developing that craft since then. And now I've gotten to a point where I started my business, Heat Up Customs, in 2016. I was doing vendor markets all over the city and getting my name out that way, obviously being from Seattle kind of helped bolster that. So once people knew that this was something that I did and something that I could do on anything, like it's been amazing. It's been an amazing journey. And to get to a point now, like we said, like with people like, you know, athletes, you know, are customizing their cleats are actually getting fines so that they can wear custom art Mm -hmm. on the field. Like that's amazing, you know, and you look at Kyrie Irving and the campaign that he's doing with, you know, with his custom sneakers, like it's an opportunity for people to really speak from their heart through art and through wearable art. And I'm super, super appreciative of all the folks that participate, everybody who supported T-Dub thus far, and everybody who's going to be able to come through to the resale and really get a piece of that. Well, every time we talk about this,
1: I, uh, I think... I need to go into my closet because I've told you that already I got three boots that T-Dub is going (laughs) to fix, but I just found a pair of my very favorite. They were my very first hidden wedge sneakers from Mm. Puma. And I love these shoes and I'm so glad I didn't get rid of them because I got a little hole at the top, Right, but I'm like, see, now I can give them to you and I just trust you to do something dope with them. Yeah, Like, and and that for me is where, We get to really pour into our local artists and Mm -hmm. you are obviously you do murals, you do all kinds of things. But this right here is such a specialty that, like you said, it still seems like a niche market to so many of us. Now, Mm -hmm. maybe we are getting more aware of it. But in terms of like being able to find someone who can really do it well. Yeah you know my cousin Jaquay he was on on the show a yep. few weeks back and shout out to Bro Bro yeah. appreciate you doing Bro Bro Fresh already. in the building uh, but he was uh, you know really paying homage to you and the, yeah. you setting a tone and doing the work but he said you know so much of this work is you learn by like making mistakes Exactly. and there were times where he had to be like my bad bro like yeah go back for their stuff for sure because, for sure you know you, you actually learn so much so there's something very unique yeah. about the techniques that you do and Absolutely. so for you to have a state of The art facility. Yeah. And now we get to pour into that. Yeah. You got to tell us about this campaign because I'm excited that this is not just something you're doing as a business owner, right? But it's something that the community can really pour into. Tell us about that and why you chose this approach for folks to be able to participate
3: in this journey. Absolutely. So, you know, with the resoul going from, you know, teed up customs kind of in my office at the house, you know, tinkering away at my little desk, doing things one off for people and that, and like making mistakes and, you know, learning from my mistakes and building that craft and becoming a master of customization and restoring and cleaning, you know, the, an opportunity presented itself through the mural that I did at um, Midtown Square, the, um, the CD mural to um, open a brick and mortar space. And so that was something that, you know, I kind of always wanted to do in the back of my mind. But, you know, the fact that it's now feasible and like actually achievable is something that i could not you know imagine you know so the opportunity presented itself and the journey up up until this point has just been phenomenal like working with like union partners and working with Marina from strata architects who's helping me design my space like it's really been an amazing journey you know and to get to a point now where we are set to we're, we're coming up on the moment of opening the doors i'm just like so amped to like for people to be a part of it, but it takes, you know, takes support, it takes resource. So that's why I started the Resol, um crowdfund campaign for the month of March to kind of allow the people who really support me and really support this idea to be able to invest and participate in the process. You know, it's one thing to be able to um, patronize a store. It's another thing to be a part of that store opening, you know, and I really wanted to give that back to the people, I wanted to give that back to the CD and all my folks who have been supporting me Throughout my life, you know, family, friends, um, you convert everybody, you know, I had so many people in so many communities that I'm connected to. Like this felt like something that needed to be done. And I'm super pumped for for what's going to come. And, you know, just like. Yeah, creating creating space, creating space for community because like most of the space is dedicated to the service, right? So we're creating our state-of-the-art facility and what that looks like is having, you know, the best of the best, not necessarily the best of the best, but having what's necessary for me to do the work that I do. But the other half of the space is dedicated to people. Mm. I want people to come and just hang out and chill and talk shop You know, I'd be able to listen to music and, you know, trade shoes and talk about sneaker culture and just be and just be in a space where you don't necessarily have to spend money, but you can come back to the CD. There's spaces in the CD where you can just come and be. And I think that's really important for the folks who, you know, are part of those legacy families that were a part of, you know. The CD being what it is, you know, having spaces for us to come back to and just chill is like the utmost importance to me. And so I, I hope that's what the resoul is for us.
1: I, you know, I believe in this so much. I am uh, making a public dedication here that I am going to be pledging $250 to the resoul <sighs> campaign. Thank you. Jay. Personally, because Tita, so honestly, I am so proud of you. Thank and you. this is really putting on for the city. Not only is it so special that it's going to be on 20. 23rd in Union. Come on now. But it is one of a kind, to Yeah, them. And I think about what we were just showing uh, with Soulmates and Prince over there, uh, yeah. you know, uh, at Soulmates. And I'm like, yo-oh, Paris, not Prince Paris. Yeah, and shout I'm out like. To them you know, this, we got to pour into our spaces because you have to know that you're, not only is it valuable for you to come on my show and share this, but mm-hmm. like, I believe in it so much. I just want to pledge money yeah, to it to help you. make it happen and thank help you. be a part of it. Um, And also be a customer, you know, right. come in, chill out, like you said, give you some shoes to just like, yo, yeah, some of them just need a bit of fixing mm-hmm. and others like customize them joints. Like yeah. let me pay top dollar for the customization. And also when we become customers of our local shops we get to then not only just wear the stuff that is showcasing our talent here mm-hmm. but it also means that others get to see that and be like whoa wait a minute where you get that from right. or whoa and so you become a walking ad mm-hmm for our local spaces. So I just wanted to make that public declaration Thank you so today. Because I believe I really in this so it. much. And I encourage all of you out there uh, to please dive into this crowdfunding campaign. Y'all know T Dub is being as being a dedicated artist, you know, here supporting community. And now is an opportunity for us to fully support T Dub, mm-hmm. not only become a customer, but build into this campaign. Right. No uh d- amount of donation is too small. I'm sure yeah Uh, yeah. so as I'm taking this pledge today I'm encouraging all of the viewers out there who are watching to make sure y'all Pledge as well, T Dub.
3: Where do they actually get the information to put their donation into the bucket? Absolutely. So you can head over to givebutter.com/resole206. That's givebutter.com/resole206. That's where we're doing our crowdfunding campaign for the month of March. And yeah, we're trying. To, we're trying to get it there, folks. And I really, really want the people to be a part of this. So that's why I decided to do it. And any, like, like Trey said, any, any donation helps. And yeah, we're going to do this for the people. We're going to do this for the town. And I'm so pumped to be the sort of steward of this new thing. And like, like we talked about, like, I've been doing customs for over 20 years. I just got back from New York. T-Dub's got a brand new bag. I am a shoemaker now. So check those out. (laughs) Cut, sewn, lasted by me. Wow. So now we got that into the repertoire. So, and I'm so looking forward to be able to share that with the folks of Seattle through the resold 206. So, you know, we're doing big things out here, man. T-Dub. Trying to I, for the town. I could cry
1: because every <laughs> time you come on, I'm just like you know people always ask me how do I find the time I'm like right. how do
3: you find the time I've, I've saved since I'm like I don't know how you do it but oh we do God. it and it's in us and it's on us and it's in us to do this so yeah. that's what we do
1: it really is yeah. and I am just so proud of you thank you sis. keep rocking it for all of us you I are will. making us all so proud and I cannot wait for you to come back here and say booyah we're welcoming y'all to the grand, grand opening, opening. Yes. I'm so ready for that I'm so pumped too T-Dub thank <laughs> you for making it an even more fantastic Friday when, anytime you're here you know this is is your home space come Appreciate and drop that. the dimes on us anytime thank you sis love absolutely you absolutely love you oh my gosh y'all i'm telling y'all it is on and popping make sure y'all go to that uh website givebutter.com and make sure y'all pledge some money to this amazing effort for the resold 206 i get to wrap it all up right after this short break stay tuned you're watching the day with trey
3: what up y'all t-dub here as always bringing you the news and art planning and opportunities This year's 4Culture project grants are live now and here's what you need to know to apply. 4Culture project grants fund cultural activities and projects throughout King County. If you are an individual or group with arts, heritage, or preservation at its core, then this funding is for you. And if you're new to the grant application process, 4Culture hosts virtual workshops and has a team of grant managers ready to assist you in the process. The deadline to apply is March 23rd. Over to fourculture.org for
1: more. Welcome back, everyone, to the day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. What a great episode today! Of course, I want to thank my guests, Errol Pierre and T Dub. Uh, you know, both of them sharing um, some important information here. Of course, go and check out that book, The Way Up. Uh, Errol has- poured so much into that. Obviously, he shared his history with us and why it was so important for him to chime in on this space of diversity, equity, inclusion, and now belonging. And also, you know, shout out to my sis T-Dub for the work that she's putting in for the Resole 206. It is not a small feat, y'all, as you can imagine, to open up a brick-and-mortar spot that's so unique and different. And I, I can just imagine lines around the block because it is going to be one of a kind and a space that is customized to bring you customization on your feet. So I'm so grateful that I know T-Dub and that I get to pour into it like I am doing today. And I'm encouraging you all to get on that website and make sure you make your pledge today. But of course, I'm just inspired by my guests as always, so inspired by what they're doing in community, what they're doing in the corporate space. It's necessary for us to be making sure that messages are permeating all over the place and that we are gaining the inspiration that they are pouring out into their works and into their efforts. Of course, I want y'all to be inspired as well to see yourself as a part of the solution. Uh, Earlier this week I gave y'all an opportunity to come out tonight. We still have that overlay there for uh, the book and talk signing right uh, around reconstructing um, racism, deconstructing racism. Make sure you guys catch that book. It's going to be tonight, 6pm at Washington Hall. You know, it is uh, free to the public. Come out and, and hear from these amazing speakers that have poured their work into the book. Uh, the authors are going to be doing a talk about why they wrote this book and also signing the book. And so make sure y'all tune in to that opportunity tonight. Um, also, lastly, Washington Half is still out here for those homeowners who need assistance. The Homeowner Assistance Fund, this is a part of federal dollars that are hitting every state across the nation make sure you uh check them out if you know someone who needs the help or you yourself need the help but of course for me thank you for joining me for this week be inspired by all the guests this week who shared their stories as i am for you to see yourself as a part of the solution and for me until monday at 11am y'all peace <laughs>